This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. It's Obehave with Arden Moore. This show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, listeners, you're in for a treat. Our guest is an incredible woman doing incredible things with the help of horses, goats, chickens, barn cats, potbelly pigs, rabbits, and even a pair of wallabies named Bennett and Boomer. Every day, in many ways, Karen Taylor is helping people of all ages from all places tap into the healing power of animals. She and her family operate the Weisberg Stables in Jupiter, Florida. You know, I just think it's fitting that you live in a city named for a planet because what <laughs> what you do, Karen, for others is just simply out of this world amazing. I hope we all give pause and applause to the amazing philanthropist, Karen Taylor. Hey, welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you for having me, Arden. All right. Now, Karen is going to be talking about a revolutionary unbridled power horse therapy program and much, much more. But first, we have to take a quick commercial break. So, you know the drill, listeners. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories, party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations, and treat bowls, cups, and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Karen Taylor. She's an international model and a dedicated philanthropist. Now, she's kind of like the 2.0 version of Dr. Doolittle. Not only can Karen communicate with all types of feathered, scaly, and furry critters, but she knows how to harness the special therapeutic powers in them to help people of all ages and others with different needs. Karen, I just got to start off. You've come a long way from your first working gigs as a lifeguard at Wet n' Wild Water Park and as a dancer for Walt Disney World's Main Street Electrical Parade. Yes, I would <laughs> say so. 
<laughs> but um, I think my love of animals was, you know, started as a child. So that just goes to show you that, you know, embracing who we are as children into our adulthood is probably and where we should all be. And that wasn't Jupiter. That was another place. Tell people where you grew up. I grew up in Orlando, Florida. Weren't you born in Jamaica? Yes, I was born in Kingston, Jamaica. We moved to the U.S. when I was about three years old, so I'm more Americanized. Okay. (laughs) But but, um, yes, I was born in Jamaica. So you said you had the love of animals as a child. Do you remember, was it a favorite dog or cat or wallaby? I have no idea. What You're full of surprises, so can you give (laughs) us a memory, a fond memory from your childhood? Yes. When we first moved to this country, my father worked a number of jobs and he had a pet store. And so he had, you know, hamsters and guinea pigs and rabbits and dogs and cats. And, you know, that was obviously before everyone knew about puppy mills and things like that. So that was a great childhood to be able to go (laughs) there and play with all the animals. And my dad, I come from a long family of animal lovers. So Mm -hmm. my parents always allowed us to have pets if something needed rescuing or we found it on the side of the road. You know, we were were always, please, can I keep it? And and so at a young age, I, I learned about responsibility and care and empathy and um, and also loss, you know, um, right. because, you know, these animals, some of them have a five-year lifespan, so you, you experience loss. And so that was hard, too, but I do think it's important for children, and I, and I think it also makes them appreciate and learn to appreciate the times that we do have with our pets. Well, I totally agree. In fact, I'm actually writing my next pet books for kids. I've written 26 pet books. And the connection that we have as kids with pets really makes a difference in how we sometimes turn out and how we approach challenges, failures, and successes. Don't you agree, Karen? Yes, absolutely. So I will be putting myself down for that book when it comes out. Okay. (laughs) Well, you're a mom of, you have five children, is that right? Yes. Yes, I have five children, and I have three stepdaughters and two grandchildren. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You're a busy mom. And you actually homeschooled, didn't you? Yes. We homeschool our kids till eighth grade, so now I just have two left in our homeschool. Our (laughs) um, oldest daughter, I'm going to be like the mom. It usually when moms send their kids to kindergarten, you know, they're on the side of the road crying. So, But that will be me, only she's going into the eighth grade. <laughs> so. I just got to ask you, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Could you be on that game show? I'm at least a day smarter. I say you just have to be a day smarter than whatever you're trying to teach your kids. <laughs> All right. Well, Karen, let's get right into this amazing uh, stables that is in Jupiter, Florida. I used to be a reporter for nine years for the Sun Sentinel, so I'm very familiar with that area in Florida. Folks, it's you guys know where it is. It's on the East Coast. It's in the Palm Beach County area. But you have a 20-acre amazing stable property. Talk up a little bit about the Weisberg Farm or Weisberg Stables. Yeah, we are, um, we're located in, in what's called Jupiter Farms. So it's okay. the more rural part of Jupiter and which people are surprised to know that that does exist. And, <laughs> um, so we back up to a preserve. So we have just amazing wildlife that can come through our property and that we get to see. We have a few sandhill cranes that have taken residence. We've got to watch them raise some of their young. Um, We put in a white sand beach near one of our ponds, and so we get to watch turtles 
patch and, <laughs> and all of that too. So that's been great. But our farm is, um, like you said, it's 20 acres. We have horses, miniature horses, miniature donkeys, turkeys, chickens, tortoises, rabbits, guinea pigs, potbelly pigs, emus, <laughs> goats, and wallabies. I think I named everybody. <laughs> cats. Well, cats oh, cat. Too. Please don't forget the cats. You know, our I fine know. feline friends, they don't really show their emotions outwardly all the time, but they might say, Karen, please don't forget us. We're meowables. <laughs> yeah, I really wasn't a cat person because mm-hmm. most of my family is allergic. Oh. But when we had the farm, it ended up rescuing two cats and they have won me over. They are so amazing and so full of personality. But and I am getting used to the presence that they leave me and I just <laughs> remind myself that this is love. This is really love. <laughs> well, and I'm also a pet behaviorist. They're also telling you, um, Karen, we need to boost up your hunting skills. You know, we're bringing you these dead gifts to you. Now, you got to come join us on a hunt next time. So <laughs> just be prepared. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. All right. So I know there's a lot of things that you do, and uh, we want to be able to give our listeners a good idea of just the magic you're doing. So talk first about this Unbridled Power Horse Therapy Program. What's it all about and who are you targeting? Okay, well, Unbridled Power is the name of our equine assisted learning program. So it is a ground, it's an experiential learning program using groundwork activities with horses. And we target our particular program. It can be used with anyone, but our particular program, we work with at-risk youth, children in foster care, and veterans. Oh, good. And so basically, it's not a horsemanship class. It's a class that utilizes the senses of horses and, of course, their size and power and their natural instincts. And it utilizes them because horses tend to mirror us. And so it utilizes them in a way where the horse actually becomes the teacher. And so really, during this exercise, I'm just a facilitator of the exercise and uh, people work in groups with a horse as one of their team members and they try to work out different obstacles and challenges and we always have an objective and so each objective is based on a life skill and then at the end of the program we talk about you know what was learned or gained through that experience and how it parallels to our everyday life you know horses they work pretty effectively in a herd, and that's how they keep each other safe and protect themselves because as large and powerful as they are, they are also a prey animal. And so people can learn a lot from horses because we don't always work as well on a team as we should. Right. <laughs> and and horses You need to do. say, saddle up, folks, saddle up. We're going to do this project, right? Yes. And so, and so that's how we utilize them. And I think, you know, um, you're an animal lover too and a, and a trainer. So you understand that there is just so much that we as humans can learn from these animals and their instincts and their ability to read us. And through working with horses, we are also able to help people learn to adjust their body language or adjust their communication. And 80% of communication is nonverbal, and so that's an important life skill to learn how to read body language of someone else and how to be aware of what your body language is saying to people. And 
horses allow you, when you adjust your body language, they immediately adjust. Unlike people, they don't say, oh, but last week she did this, (laughs) you know, or I just don't like that person. I just, I just don't like that person. They don't come with any preconceived thoughts or ideas about us. And so it's really great when we work with any of our animals and special needs kids. The feedback I've gotten from their parents is that they don't get a lot of chance to practice social interactions because sometimes other children and families are not as forgiving in their mistakes. Right. And an animal is more forgiving and the child has a chance to do that. And sometimes the child, which I think a lot of times we don't think about, that special needs child, they're aware that they're different. So they already are entering in with a lot of anxiety and oh. fear of being judged and fear of saying the wrong thing or, you know, or having someone look at them strangely. But especially if you have an animal that has worked around wheelchairs and can and has been desensitized to different sounds, they're unfazed by any of those things. And so it's really wonderful to see a kid have an opportunity just to be a kid and to work on some of their things, such as eye contact and, you know, to practice their communication skills and things like that. So I just think it is such a privilege to share our farm with people and to share our passion and love of animals. But also since some of our animals are rescued, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to show their worth. That's right. And and to show people that they do have a place. Well, I have um, a certified therapy cat who's probably like your two cats named Casey. We call him, he's an orange tabby that we call a feline George Clooney. And we go to a memory care center. We go to critter camps, we go to hospitals and other places. And then a kooky uh, Jack Russell mix named Kona, nicknamed Ice Cream Kona. So I'm pretty well averse in how cats and dogs can benefit our folks with therapy. But I really was impressed what you're talking about with the equine assisted learning this is a giant that's coming towards you, but you touched upon their vulnerability being both a prey animal, but their need to be in a herd and teamwork. What would you say, any other examples that maybe make horses stand out, pardon the pun, as therapy inspirations? Well, they're an incredible confidence booster because mm-hmm. if you can control a thousand pound animal, that's a confidence <laughs> booster. And as you know, it, this is a thousand pound animal. So they're choosing to join up. They're choosing to communicate and get along. You know, like I always say, when we're doing our horsemanship classes with some of our kids and we teach them how to pick up the horse's hoof. I mean, the truth of the matter is if they don't want to pick up their foot, I cannot make them pick up. I am not strong enough if if they're going to keep their foot down. So, you know, learning how, and some horses, particularly some of the mares, are particular. Like, you will ask me the right way to pick up my foot. Really? (laughs) And then I'll do it. All right, the mayor won't come over on the microphone and get me, but what's one mayor that really pays attention to how you ask her what to do? Well, we have a mayor called Dancer, uh-huh. and she is named after, she looks like the Barbie horse by the <laughs> same name, so she's a Palomino oh, well nice. pony, and she's uh-huh. gorgeous. And she is the best child pony, but she is opinionated. She has opinions and you will not, you will show her the brush before you brush her with it. You will handle her nicely. You can't just rub, you can't just 
grabbers like that. So, you know, these are all good things. And so that's something that we always parallel everything back to the human interaction for children. Because especially if you're working with kids and you're talking to them about bullying or anything like that, they're going to listen to you more if you first come from the position of the animal and then you give them the parallel instead of lecturing them. You shouldn't bully, you know. So, for example, a lot of people know that roosters kind of rule the roost. And so kids have in their mind like, oh, well, if I'm the leader, I get to boss everyone around and tell them how and all these things. But really, a rooster protects their flock. They find the good grain seed worms and immediately call over all their hens so they don't just sit over to the side and gobble it all up themselves. A good rooster actually keeps harmony in your flock. It keeps other hens from picking on other ones. It breaks up disputes. Really? Peacemaking, not instigating, which is a lot of bullies in school instigate. So the rooster doesn't do that. And then the rooster is also willing to die for the whole flock to fight to the death and protect them. So we always talk about that too. So you want to be the leader. Are you willing to die for the whole flock? Are you willing to put your life on the line? Are you going to be a true leader and share what you have? for the betterment of the rest of the flock? Are you going to keep all the best things for yourself? Wow. We're speaking with Karen Taylor. She is a philanthropist with her family. They are doing amazing things at the Weisberg Stables in Jupiter, Florida. Folks, after the show, I want you to go to the website. It's weisbergstables.com. It's W-E-I-S-B as in boy, E-R-G, stables.com. Before I get back with our special guest today, I got to do a special shout out to all you guys that are real potty animals. That's right. The sponsor of our show is Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories. They have all the awesome party products. You'll ever need to host a dog party or a cat party. I mean, there's a lot of ways to host a party. Speaking of that, I'm sort of the party expert. I am the creator of National Dog Party Day, and we would raise money for different charities. So here are some just some ideas to host a dog party. Why not celebrate the adoption anniversary? Why not for that bark mitzvah? And one of my favorites is Halloween. So if you're stumbling for ideas on what to do to decorate, accessorize, we've got the answer with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories. Folks, they've got a lot of wearables like pet party hats, bow ties, yes, even tutus. They have a lot of funny glasses and hats. They've got a lot of ideas for party banners, cake decorations, treat bowls. I'm in. You guys, you got to check them out. Just go to mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife and party on. This is great, Karen. You are making a difference. You could have just had others help and do things, but it sounds like this is really just you are evolved into this role. I mean, there's a lot of things that you're doing for kids and veterans and other folks with the help of those beautiful creatures that are on your farm. Yeah, thank you. I consider it such a privilege. And it's just really, it is funny how life goes. You know, right. like you said before, I've I've had a lot of different jobs, but I think everything has ultimately, you know, brought me to this place that I'm able to do this program. And our big message that we always try to say to people is that I truly believe that every one of us, because of our life experiences and whatever we're doing in our platform and our 
social reach and our talents and interests has prepared us to do something special. And so I try to encourage all of the kids who come to the farm to really look at that and think of how they can give back. And so in our family, we try to teach our kids and we model that for them is that it's time, talent, resources. So we give of our time, we give of our talents, and we give of our resources. So your resources... Sometimes it might be making the donation, but sometimes your resources, you have this amazing cat that you can take to a memory care center. Right. You know, so resources, you don't have to be an adult to have a resource to share. And everybody has time. We have 10-year-olds that volunteer at our farm. Oh, that's amazing. I just try to encourage them because I think our youth right now, I think they have a need to feel their worth and their power, and we just need to help direct that to them in a constructive way. Does this dovetail into uh, Vanessa's Wish? It's another one of your efforts you're spearheading? Yeah, Vanessa's Wish was a program that we did in honor of our friends um, whose daughter had died, and um, they had... You know, again, that's where, you know, experiences come in. So we've all heard of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which does amazing things. But through their experience, I wasn't aware that some of the kids are not able to get a wish because by the time they have a diagnosis or whatever, they've become nonverbal. And so they, at the time that Vanessa was diagnosed and dying, the policy at that time was unless the child could verbalize themselves what their wish was, they weren't able to grant a wish. So what we were able to do through our grants that we give to the Give Kids the World Foundation in Orlando is that we have specified a specific grant for children that have neurological disabilities like Vanessa did because also the other part of it is when you are the sibling of a child that's ill, you lose a lot too. You're spending a lot of time in the hospitals and your family is distracted, obviously. So what I love about that organization in Orlando is they cater to the whole family and the other siblings as well, which I think is really important. That is very important. You know, there's a world-famous golfer, Jordan Spieth, and others who have siblings in their families, and what they do based on how they've grown up, they give back, and so that's wonderful. I applaud you for that. I don't usually gush like this, Karen, so I'm an ex-newspaper reporter who believes if your mother tells you she loves you, I say check it out. So I checked you out, and you passed with flying colors. Anything about the Wallabies you want to say? I mean, Boomer and Bennett? I mean, I know they're like, come on, mate, tell us about us. Yes, well, I am in love with Boomer and Bennett. So Bennett (laughs) Bennett was a Joey that we actually raised. Okay. So um, he was um, he came from Sebring, Florida, and so I wore him. Either I or one of my daughters wore him on our bodies about twelve hours a day. Wow! And he received um, bottles every four hours, and the mother has to stimulate the wallaby to potty, so mm-hmm. we had to do that as well and basically socialize him and and everything. And it has just been an incredible experience. So, and then, 
It's interesting because our daughters have different stories of, you know, he started <laughs> having preferences and things he were doing and then times that he did things that we weren't expecting. So one time I was driving down the highway and I had him I had him hanging in his pouch off the back seat because he was a little bit, he was getting big but still in the pouch. And he decided he had enough of the pouch. And so he jumped out of the pouch and was oh, jumping no. around the car. So I was on the highway. <laughs> and my daughters were screaming, he's out of the pouch. And they're all, you know, connected to their car seats and seat belted in. And I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> like, I have to get off the highway so we can pull over. Um, you should have been stopped by a police officer. That would have been the best, not to get a ticket or anything, but. I'm sorry, officer, I have a jumping wallaby in my car. <laughs> yes, I know. I can just imagine. And so Boomer, he actually came to us. He was raised by someone else who actually has a program in Oklahoma. And so one of our friends drove to Oklahoma and got him and drove him back. And so we had to win him over. So the difference, it's interesting, the animals that are raised by you kind of look at you as mom, so right. our girls will talk about that. So, you know, when I go in, Bennett immediately comes over, and like the bratty younger brother, he doesn't like Boomer to get a lot of attention from me. <laughs> so I have to deal with that, and he doesn't do that when the girls go in, so that's yep. interesting, but I... Raising a wallaby is really so special, and if I could raise a lot of wallabies, I would. My husband, he did not like not really having a wife with me having a wallaby <laughs> on me all the well, what time. Are, but. That's Bill, right? Is that your husband's name? Yes. Bill. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what are their personalities like, and how old are Bennett and Boomer? So Boomer is two, and Bennett is 18 months. Okay. And... They both are neutered, and so they were neutered by Dr. K, who has the show, Dr. K's Exotic Animal Hospital. Oh, yeah. I like that show. Yes. So she was wonderful, and she was great because I was the nervous mom, and I didn't even want to leave. So she allowed me to stay in one of the rooms. I'm sure she probably wanted to sedate me after she sedated <laughs> them. But I was able to stay there with them, so that was great. Um, she was wonderful. And so their personalities, they are now, because they were bottle-raised, so they're going to act differently than wild wallabies. So they are, I would say, some parts of them are like a dog as far as liking affection, but they're very independent like a cat. Okay. And they... They're active and funny and they like the companionship of each other. So our boys will, they will play box each other oh, nice. um, and they love to, <laughs> you know, obviously hop around and they like to be in the shade and lay. Um, they love grass and grazing. So how, how much do they weigh? So adult wallabies are about 40 to 45 pounds. I haven't okay. put ours on the scale recently, but if I had to guess, I would say ours are about 25 and 30 pounds probably. Okay. All right. In there. They're just, no. they're amazing. I don't know. <laughs> they're just right. No, you're doing well. Hey, before we wrap up, I wanted to share, listeners, there's a lot of things that uh, she can give you to inspire, and I really do hope you go check out Karen Taylor's site. It's weisbergstables.com, and Karen is spelled with an I because that's for incredible, so you know that. There was a quote when I was doing research that you said, 
hopefully, and this is accurate, from an interview, it said, you said, there is no such thing as a small project. The thing you think will have the least impact could have the most. What's the message you're trying to tell us? Well, um, and that is a quote I said. Um, That was, you know, because I always believe in the hands-on and and being there and, and doing everything and trying to really give of everything. I try to think of things in a more of a big program. And that quote was inspired because we were filming at the farm and there was a young man who looked very familiar to me. And But I couldn't quite place it, so I kept looking at him, and I noticed he kept looking at me. And then it came to me that he was one of the foster children we had worked with a few years prior. But I didn't want to say to him, oh, you're in foster care, you know. So I just said to him, because, you know, there were a lot of people standing around. So I just said to him, I think we were on a trip to Universal together one time. Excellent, excellent. We had taken a group of 60 foster children to Universal, and that was just something we did for spring break. It wasn't part of a big program. It was just a one-time, let's have fun and take all these kids to Universal. And we did the VIP tour so they didn't wait in line, and we did private dinners, and we had caricature artists. And they went home with big bags of stuff. A lot of the kids have never been to an amusement park before. So this was really special. And um, so like I said, it was just a one-time thing, not part of a larger program. Well, when I said that to him, his face just lit up. And he said to me, yes, I remember. And I want you to know that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And that is my favorite memory. Oh, my gosh. I just wanted to cry. Like, I couldn't barely keep it together. And when I went home and told my husband, we were both so stunned because, you know, we do a program that's more long-term. Even our EAL program is eight weeks. We work with our Salvation Army groups for years, year after year. They're enrolled. Our literacy program is K through fourth grade. So this was just not even really a program, just like, oh, let's just do this. And it had this huge impact. So it really impressed upon me that a lot of times people don't do things because they think, well, it's not going to be big enough. You know, if I help feed this one family, there's still all these people who didn't get food or whatever. And it just really made me realize there's no such thing as a small thing. And you have no idea, like... Who would have thought that that would have made such an impression on this young man? And it did. And listeners, this is just one example of what Karen Taylor is doing each and every day. I have to say, we've done over 300 shows, and you have impressed me greatly. I wish I was Dolly Parton, because I understand that's the person you would love to have a meal with privately. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, she's so amazing. I just think she really speaks her mind and she always gives of herself. And I'm just so inspired. You know, our literacy program is a little inspired by her. Um, Right. So she's inspiring. Well, we have totally enjoyed having you as our guest today, Karen. And please, from my dog, Kona, and my cool cat, Casey, they want to give a pause up to you and to all the horses and critters. And they would love one day to say hi to Bennett and Boomer. But we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, please, seriously, please call us if you're ever in the area. We'd love to have you see the farm and see the animals. We love to share our farm with people. So thank you. 
All right. Well, folks, we've had Karen Taylor on our show. At this time, I also give a big gratitude applause to our executive producer of Pet Life Radio. That is Mark Winter. Check out Pet Life Radio. We are the number one pet radio network on the planet, even in Jupiter Farms, Jupiter, Florida, right? Right. And so, folks, until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Obehave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's Obehave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.